0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred.
2: BFM 89.9 is 7.06, Wednesday, the 11th of January. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run with Chong Jensen and I'm Wong Xiaoning. In about 30 minutes, we'll be speaking to Alessia Barardi. She is the head of emerging macro and strategy research at Amundi on their global strategy outlook. But in the meantime, let's recap how global markets closed yesterday.
0: So US markets ended higher ahead of the December CPI report, which is due out tomorrow. The Dow was up 0.6%. The S&P 500, it was up 0.7%. The Nasdaq was up by 1%. In Asian markets, the Nikkei was up by 0.8%. Hang Seng down by 0.3%. The Shanghai Composite, it was down by 0.2%. Straits Times Index down by 1.3%. And the FBM KLCI, it was down by 0.6%.
2: So not a great day in Asia, but pretty much a good day. Uh, It closed up pretty well in the US. So for more on where international markets are heading, we have on the line with us, Jack Kuzi, Director for Strategy at VFS Group. Good morning, Jack. Let's talk about your favourite sector, technology, because 2022, not so kind to the Nasdaq. But since uh, the year has started, the Nasdaq has staged a bit of a mini-recovery of sorts. It's up 2.6% on a year-to-date basis. Are you going to remain a tech bull for this year?
1: Uh, I think I am. I mean, it is a very mini-recovery and uh, still a long way to go. I know I sound very repetitive, but I still really like the big names in tech. I think if you concentrate around the areas of Apple, Microsoft, particularly in this environment, I think you'll do well this year. Um, Amazon, to some extent, you know, in terms of its cloud division, a little bit slowing down. And then you've got Facebook and Google, which are essentially advertising companies when we break them down. You know, they might have a tough year. But those two names are my standout names for the year. I think they'll do well. They're you know, part of our lives, our daily lives, I still will have a focus on tech this year. And I think we're going to bounce back in terms of the Nasdaq. If we look at previous years, when we've seen, you know, a 20 plus drop, we've certainly seen a recovery. And there are still some aspects in the global economy that work against it. But I will still have a core portfolio that remains um, allocated to tech. And of course, part of that will be Chinese tech.
0: And Jack, um, China's reopening is good news for the economy and should Reinvigorate equity markets. We have seen the China markets and the Hang Seng index rally very strongly. Do you have any mm. uh, stocks on your radar?
1: Look, I think, you know, if you look at the reopening, um, I think healthcare will do really well, unfortunately. Um, you can see some of that already happening within the economy. I think its industrial sector will do pretty well. Um, I really like their EVs. I know they're outside, uh, they're in tech, but I really like the EV market within China, the likes of NEO. XPENG, if we look at um, EV adoption or if we look at technological adoption that we've seen previously in history, um, and you follow that S curve of adoption, you get that parabolic move when you start to get to 15, 16% adoption um, of a certain part of technology. We've seen that with TV, the internet, mobile phones. China is coming on to that 15 to 16%. Um, which usually means you see a parabolic move in terms of people uh, buying EV. So I really like the Chinese EV um, sector for this year. That would be my favourite sector going forward.
2: Okay, let's stay on China because uh, billionaire Jack Ma say he's plans to give up control of fintech giant and financial um Perhaps you could give us an indication of what's really happening behind the scenes. Do you think there was government pressure to do so? And what what will the outcome be for Alibaba and other end-affiliated outfits?
1: Look, I think it'll be um, reminiscent of Apple. I think you'll get another CEO and they will continue along. Um, there is, I think, a bit of pressure there. Obviously Alibaba has been um, front and center of the regulation and the crackdown in tech within China. You saw their ant um, arm get split up, uh, and you've seen them break down some of the you know uh, walled gardens within China, one of two sides. I think it's just simply Jack, I think it's got a number of um, issues here. Yes, there is pressure. I think maybe Jack wants to take a break. Look, Alibaba is so big and so well endowed within the Chinese economy and has so many fingers in so many pies, it'll be fine. And what we're starting to see is we saw an earnings report late last year from from Chinese tech. It wasn't as bad as everybody thought. Um, And we're really starting to see that they're undervalued. And I think you're going to continue to see a rush of funds going to Chinese tech going forward. Um, And again, Alibaba is uh, a great company with some great services in some great sectors. And I think they'll be fine with, with or without Jack.
2: Oh, sorry, Jack. I have another question for you, and it's not going to be on Jack Ma, but it's going to be about the China reopening team Yeah. Let's say you, your mandate or your personal, uh, you don't personally don't want to buy Chinese stocks, hate shares or Asians. How mm. else can you play this reopening theme? Actually.
1: Okay, so I can't buy any Chinese stocks.
2: I mean, you can't for whatever reason. Would you be looking at things like commodities, for example?
1: No, I'd be looking at tourism all around the world. I think what's going to happen now is you're going to have a bunch of, um, let me rephrase this, a mass amount of Chinese people who have the highest savings rate in the world, who have amounted a lot of savings under their bed in their banks. Going out into the world and traveling, I think that's going to be the area that you play. If you don't want to play specific Chinese listed stocks that are owned by Chinese companies, then I would play those. So casinos, I think, will be a great one. Uh, particularly some of these Las Vegas casinos. Chinese are known for their, for you know, for their prowess in gambling. Um, that's if you wanted to play that, I would play companies around the world that are going to benefit from Chinese tourists. Tourists who are now going to travel openly and freely. And it's going to be a big wave. Now, the problem with that, if I can go a little bit further, it's not your question is, is that will the Chinese now start to export inflation to the rest of the world? Because there are going to be millions and millions of Chinese looking for hotel rooms and restaurants, and that may push prices further around the world and cause further inflation. And that's the issue I think the global economy is, is, is um, grasping with right now.
0: And Jack, the earnings results for the U.S. banks will start to kick off soon, and J.P. Morgan will be closely watched next week in order to ascertain the effect of the Fed's rate hikes. What impact mm. on interest income and loss provisionings are you expecting to see?
1: Yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit unsure. I'll tell you what I'll be looking at the most, particularly with some of these retail banks, is foreclosures. You know, that, that, that's what I want to see. How? How much pressure has it put on the everyday citizen within the US, um, the everyday shop owner, the everyday business or small business owner? What are foreclosures looking like and how far are people behind on their home loan repayments? I think that's the big issue because we kind of haven't seen that pressure come through yet in the last couple of reports. Um, you've got people have dwindled dwindled the savings they've got from COVID-related um, lockdowns. That's the key area that I'll be looking at. And to be honest with you, um, it'll be something I assess and I'll reassess my portfolio on the back of that.
2: Okay. And uh, in terms of, let's say, take a look at IPOs. And Mm. this is uh, focusing on Australia. 2022 was like the worst year for Mm. the Australian Stock Exchange. Are you expecting better times ahead for capital markets there?
1: I'll share some insight with you. I'm in the middle of um, raising some money for a small private company. Uh, it's in the it's in the health area. Um, it deals with um, kids and mental health. And and I think it's a it's a great it's a great company with a great app and great technology. I and mean, it is tough to raise money at the moment. Um, everybody has uh, kind of a, a lock on their pockets, kind of like my father. Uh, no one wants to spend money. So um, I think not in the first half of the year. Probably in the back half of the year.
2: Okay, so Jack, are you going to be more optimistic about the Australian market, though, for 2023?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're in the midst of, uh, I think, what is a a pretty halfway through a property crash at the moment. Mm. Um, you know, Australia benefits from a concept called the wealth effect uh, where, you know, our assets have been rising, particularly our property prices, and therefore we felt, you know, better about our incomes and, and felt richer and therefore spent more money. And, and you know, it's galvanised an economy that's done that for a long time. Um, the property market is is really, really uh, in trouble at the moment and, and I think that's going to mean that Australians aren't going to be as Um, urgent to spend and consume, which drives economies. So I'm a bit negative. And and then again, you know, we are a commodity-driven market. So it all depends on where iron ore is, where coal is, where zinc is, where copper is. Um, And if the world starts to slow down, that's not necessarily good for commodity prices. So I would be bearish to neutral on on Aussie markets for the next 6 to 12 months.
2: All right. Thank you very much for your time. That was Jack Cousy, Director for Strategy at VFS group ending the conversation telling us that he's not that optimistic on the Australian stock market, partially because it's so much driven by commodities. And if there is a global slowdown, usually commodities don't do so well. But I wonder whether on the, uh, on the flip side, because of China's reopening, commodity prices might actually do better this year than expected.
0: Yeah, but he is a tech bull for the U.S. still, and he thinks that by sticking to some of the larger cap and more established names like Apple and Microsoft, that would be the right strategy going forward. Uh, he thinks Amazon also looks a bit interesting, but there's been some softness for its cloud business. But Facebook and Google, they're largely ad-driven companies, so they may see some softening as well. I think in China, he does like the EV sector the best. He cites names like Rio and Xpeng, and he did say that the consumer market now is going through an S curve in terms of adoption and you reach a certain percentage of adoption, like 15 to 16%. That's possibly a very big move going forward.
2: Yeah, I think China is a market you can't ignore. And so far, all our callers have been rather bullish on it. Uh, There are many other ways to play the the Chinese reopening theme, including global tourism. Uh, But up next, we're going to take a look at all the interesting stories that have caught our eyes in the newspapers and portals. Keep it here, BFM 89.9.
1: The World Market Watch is brought to you by CIMB Preferred. Moving forward with you, visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business
2: Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.